Hey all, welcome back to the Product Leadership Podcast from Lighthouse London, where we talk about how to validate, launch and maintain successful digital products with product owners, innovators, digital experts and founders. I'm Tom, co-founder of Lighthouse London, and Dan's here with me today. Hi Tom. So today we're going to be talking about product value. Um, specifically the four types of product value. don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but I'm going to read what they are so we can uh, go over them in turn afterwards. But we're going to talk about direct, additional influence and innovation value. Is that right? That's right, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to talk about these different types of value. Um, we're also going to talk about how to measure value because obviously that's quite open to interpretation um, and you've got to make sure that to understand how you get value from your products, you, you know how to work that out. Yeah, you, you've got to measure value. I think there's a lot of products out there that don't and people don't really know why they're in the world or whether they should stay in the world. And you've got to have an answer to the question, why does this product exist? Mm-hmm. You know, your boss might come to you, your customers might come to you, um, an investor might come to you and ask you, why is this thing you've created here in the world? And the reason it's there is because it provides value. Now, products can provide value in lots of different ways, um, some obvious, some easy to measure, some much harder and less tangible. But it doesn't matter. You've always got to try and measure it so you can answer that question, why is this product here? So, yeah, we're going to go through a few different types of value that a product can provide. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to start with this first one, which is direct value, and that that's probably what, what most people would see as being the type of value you'd get from building something. So talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, it's the it's the easiest one to measure, really, because... It's where a product provides you with revenue, really, Mm -hmm. is the value that most people are looking for. Um, When a company has a product, they want to see if it makes them money or not and how much money and how that revenue is growing will say to them, this this product is worth maintaining, it's worth carrying forward. So it's a fairly easy one to measure. You can just look at a bank account, really. Yeah, but I I think it's um, important to... Uh, judge profit versus revenue right so that is also true yes plenty of people fall down by spending more money on acquiring users than each user actually gives them so there's lots of different models depending on the model of your products you know if you've got a uh, a subscription model software as a service then you need to be looking at you know lifetime value of a customer how how many of them churn and and the engagement of that customer and and make sure that you're following the right metrics but again ultimately it will come down to how much profit the uh, the product makes so what's some good examples of uh, direct value the product support to a business well i suppose yeah i mean anything you pay for really i think a, a really good example i i was think is maybe something like basecamp um the product management software mm-hmm. you know and that was a that was a business that was a um an agency model, you know, a, you know, they built Basecamp and they started charging straight away. Mm-hmm. And so they saw revenue from it. And when that revenue grew, they shut down their consultancy business and, you know, Basecamp carries on growing and growing. Must be one of the largest sort of never been invested in privately owned yeah, um, definitely. startups out there. Yeah. And they also had multiple projects products that they built i forget what the other ones were called now but uh, there was yeah there was high rise which was, was the it. um the crm tool and you know they've always experimented with different products i think and then recently focused only on Basecamp. but that's a classic example where the the value of the product was the subscribers mm-hmm. right i don't even know if they had a free trial on it i think they might I think have, they did at one point because yeah. I, I think the first time we used it we've used we've used Basecamp for five or six mm-hmm. years now um, I think we might have been on the free package when Basecamp 1 came out. Yep. 
Um, but certainly I don't know if that exists anymore and, and we pay a healthy amount to them every month as do many of our agencies and, and organisations for for the, the service they provide. Um, so there's a, that's an obvious way that you'd show a, a direct value to a, to a business from the product that they've spent a long time um, building. Completely. Hi, this is Russ from Lighthouse. A big part of my role is planning and designing usable and effective product interfaces. Check out some of the stuff we've been working on recently at wearelighthouse.com slash our work. So that's, that's a relatively easy one to cover. The second one is, is what we're calling additional value. Maybe a bit harder to kind of measure or describe, and, and it takes many forms, but, but run us over what, what we see as additional value. So additional value we see when a business builds a product and they may charge for that product or they may not charge for that product. But the existence of the product creates value for them in other ways. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't measure the revenue of the product because the actual direct revenue the product made may be fairly low, maybe nothing in some cases yeah. of a of a digital tool that was just there to help, say, a... Um, a consultancy deliver their services they might build a digital tool to do that Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to measure the value of that digital tool in revenue but you would be able to measure the value of what the clients that use that tool also spent with you Mm -hmm. and there's also so there's quite easy to measure additional value whereby um, i have this tool i get a client through the existence of the tool they spend money with me and i can say okay that tool was partially responsible for that you know, even then, giving up the partially bit can be difficult, but you you have to you have to find a way. It also creates brand value to have mm-hmm. to have built that tool. Yeah, if you're the research agency that built the built the tool, which people love to use to do all their research, you're always there in their heads when they use it. Um, can we give some good examples of of that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the, there are numerous ones out there. We kind of hmm. struggle to think of a few. Yeah, I think again they. They pop up around the place. I mean, we definitely work with a couple of, of clients that have done that. I mean, thinking of Event Safety Plan, which was a, a tool for creating risk assessments and, and managing you know, live event health and safety mm-hmm. um, administration. Very niche, um, niche product, one that is yeah. potentially going to be a, a huge profit maker um, just as the tool itself. Completely. Um, but they found a lot of additional value by... Um, and I'm not sure this was ever expected, really, but hmm. but them as a company um, make loads more money out of consultancies based on the fact that they have these customers. That's Everyone it. who signs up, or many people that sign up, often come on and do some consultancy with the business that runs the tool. Completely. You go out there looking for a solution to a problem. In this case, the problem of, I need to administrate the health and safety for my event. Mm-hmm. You find the solution in a software tool, but actually you you need more. So who are you turning to? Well, the people that built the tool. So... And I think it also opened doors for them in terms of their brand because people that wouldn't have spoken to them before suddenly saw this tool and said, oh, right, actually, we really like the look of that. There's a really valuable business intro for them. Mm. And they've seen a fair bit of success there. So you know, the way they would measure the value of that tool is not, oh, we have X amount of subscribers at such and such pounds a month. Mm. They probably look at it more as how much money comes into the business because of the existence of this tool yeah you know how much on average does a subscriber spend on consultancy as well 
Yeah. So again, you could have come up with your own formula, but to understand the value of that of event safety plan, they need to come up with some method of measuring the different parts of it, so they know how much how much investment to pump into it, how mm-hmm. much, you know how much to push it, and at the moment they're pushing it. A fair bit. Well, yeah, we have spoken to them recently about that, and they have some pretty impressive figures about the the amount of extra revenue that comes in per your average customer. Mm. So it, it's certainly been a massive success for them, um, from our understanding. So let, let's, there's another example of one of our clients as well, right? Yeah, I think, and this was one where the where it was more of a tool to deliver products, and mm-hmm. that's um, uh, revealing reality. Who are a research company? They help people with their innovation as well, and the tool they built and you can see this out there was called connect and it was a it was a product which basically delivered their services so their clients would come to them and they'd do research and present those results back in short connect basically did that as a digital platform so it talked to the people who were conducting the research it talked to the subjects of that research so the tool linked them up and then finally linked the results of the research back to the client it essentially digitized their entire workflow that yeah, before did. was was using digital methods but, but was a much more offline um, procedure it did they not only digitized their workflow they also put a front face on it mm. gave it a brand of of connect and and pushed it out there and that again you know opened doors to them people saw that and said oh i want some of that and therefore wanted to use them. So again, they need to somehow quantify the amount of value that that tool brings into the business. Yeah. Um, so they know whether to keep building on it, whether to keep going I with it. I think the basic value that they have seen, that I know we've we've seen some comments from mm-hmm. clients, so they work with large name clients, you know, BBC, Google, eBay, mm-hmm. companies like that. Those clients have looked at this tool that they've bought and have given that verbal um, proof that they yeah. enjoy using it, that they're impressed by it, you know, that they find it makes the... The engagement with the company better yes um and at the base level that's that's what revealing reality we're, we're looking for yeah i think you you can have anecdotal proof of value you have to make attempts to formalize it somehow yeah. you know maybe go out there looking for it just make sure that there's a number or a thing that you're looking at regularly which gives you an indication of the value even if it's anecdotal and that you're seeing if that moves over time Hi, this is Russ from Lighthouse. A big part of my role is planning and designing usable and effective product interfaces. Check out some of the stuff we've been working on recently at wearelighthouse.com slash ourwork. So moving on to the third one now, this is what we're calling influence value. Mm. So... One's again a little bit more broad, but something you see a lot. Fill us in a bit more about that. Yeah, so this is something that in the startup world sometimes gets a bit of a bad name. You know, people often would say you can have millions of eyeballs on something and it doesn't make money. And people kind of get a bit snotty about that and say, well, where's your business model? And of course, this has been applied to every big startup. You Mm. know, it got... It got thrown at Instagram. It got thrown at YouTube. It got thrown at, um, at yeah, Facebook and and Twitter. Well, I think a lot of the big, huge, um, socially uh, certainly socially led sites have had this influence value yeah. in and them, it, and it's quite rare to get that in a lot of different businesses. So it's not often something to aim for uh, in yeah. in, the, in that yeah. sense, but but certainly it's something you see very, which is very common in those huge startups. Yeah, and influence value really is where you have 
like humans using it. Mm. You know, you have a lot of them. Yeah. Or you have enough of them that that is inherently valuable to you. So you may not have a way of getting value out of them, but the fact they are there and the fact their engagement is important. Mm. Yeah. You know, because that is that is a problem. Like eyeballs are are it's it's a problem to say how many visits your app yeah. got. Um if that's if that doesn't lead to people using it. Well, I think we were talking about the idea between um users and fans. Mm. So, you know, it, you could have a million users, but if none of them ever really come back or do anything, then then they're they're useless. But if you've got well, if you've got a million fans, that's brilliant. But yeah. even if you had a, a much smaller number of fans, you can turn that into revenue somehow in the future if, if you know enough about them yeah. and you know you, you play your, your game right. It depends on your circumstances. Some businesses will need a small pot mm. because those fans, when they do spend, when you find the way to get money, will spend a lot. Some need a ton. And some will, some will find that those fans will never spend money at all. So it's it's potential value. But, but it can't be ignored when it can do great things for businesses. So, you know, people people may not have liked the fact that, well, how does Twitter make money? You know, now you see how it makes money. And mm. and how does Instagram make money? Well, it gets bought. Yeah. You know, yeah. and this is a real way to have to have value. And getting those fans and having them engaged in you, your brand, your business, then there's an opportunity to to pivot slightly to offer them something else to try and find ways of of getting value out of them. and many of those well-established startups products will mm -hmm. start with one idea in mind and offer a slightly different service alongside which which might even be the real money maker eventually yeah. you never know but those those kind of big ones are potentially i mean they're great everyone wants to sell their business yeah. for a few billion quid or whatever it was but what are some examples of maybe like smaller scale stuff that that also has that yeah, influence so value? You get a lot of individuals doing it these days, you know, mm. around their personal brands. Yeah. Um, one I particularly like that that comes from the startup space is the the whole lean stack suite of products and content that's um, aimed at followers of like the lean startup mm -hmm. and um, running lean. The book that's a place where. People, you know, a community is built around that, and you can see that um, the guy Ash Myra Mura. Never sure how to pronounce that name, but we'll, we'll go with that. And he's, um, you know, he's built a community there. Yeah, he's given you ways to sort of work out your innovative thinking, sort of creative workshops. Almost, you can do online. Mm -hmm. You can do all that. But he also does training and he also speaks and he also writes books and he uses his audience to promote those things yep. and obviously to buy those things. And you can also use his, his relatively simple digital tools yeah. uh, for free, but you yeah. can pay for them as well, which is not when he first launched them. I don't think you could pay and now you can. So he's got that engaged audience, got people who want to use those tools. He'll offer a different version that now he, he charges money from. Completely. And I'm sure he's making a good living about out doing all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's got he's got his fans, and that's what you use them for. And brand, you know, brands can do that as well. Businesses can do that as well. You if you solve a problem and you use, your tool does that, but maybe it's a it's a problem. You know, it's a complex one. If you look at what um, products will do, they will create content and try and speak to. They'll try and create community around the problem they're trying to solve. Yeah, and he's done that, and I think it's really nice. You know, you you could even look at someone like Simon Sinek who authored Start With Why he's built digital tools around doing the exercises around that and you know those he charged for as well but it's all about getting that 
community, getting people doing, you know, using his methods, asking questions about it, talking to each other about it. And when he releases his next book or he does his speaking or wants to launch something else, he's got those people there. So, you know, that's what influencer value is for me. It's the thing you've created has enough interest in it that you can then talk to those people and get value out of them in other ways. Hey, this is Christy from Lighthouse. I've been working on specking and building out MVPs for our clients recently. Find out about how we help people get validated ideas built over at wearelighthouse.com slash MVP. And then I suppose the, the last one we're going to move on to is um, it's one that's a bit, a, a bit more like of uh, an, an overarching mm. um, theme, and that's just innovation value. Yes. So what do we mean by that? Innovation value is probably the hardest to measure, mm-hmm. and that's why it's sometimes so hard for companies to invest in it. But the value, the innovation value in products is that if you create a product and you try and grow its value and you think about the problems it's going to solve, the skills and the processes you go through to do that, the empowering your employees to do that, the culture change you'll start seeing in your company, mm-hmm. that has a value. You know, the of course. Just, just doing a product has a value in itself, and that value is the potential that you'll get good at innovation mm-hmm. and start to produce products which deliver on one of those other three values. Yeah. Either direct or additional or um, influence you know you you how do you measure it well that's the hard one and people often get that really wrong so people will often say go and do this product it's got to work it's got to make direct value it's got to create revenue this year yeah and then it doesn't and then the person says that doesn't work don't like innovation doesn't work for me doesn't create any value but the point is the value you need to ask for your innovation is well if you do five if you try five products do you get any of them having the other types of value. You know, maybe one starts getting engaged users mm-hmm. and you start seeing a bit of influence value. Yep. So that's what you've got to ask. Like, out of my five, how many did I get? Or, you know, five is just a number out of nowhere. But mm-hmm. you've got to run an innovation stream. You've got to be trying products. Like, that's all the examples of people that are creating value we had, you know, Basecamp, event well, Basecamp's safety the best plan. example there. They, yeah. they had four or five products and Basecamp was the one that took off and then 37 Seagulls went all out on that. Yes. Um, and a company who's making new products shouldn't assume that the first one's going to be one they get right. No, absolutely. And and the startups we've talked about won't have been the first startups those people did. None of these people just did the right things in the right order and it happened. Mm. It's all about a case of maximizing the chances of these things working. Yeah. And you can do that sensibly. You know, if you get an innovation program running which generates ideas, tests those ideas cheaply, mm. doesn't take them forward into that development stage until you've got a, a feel, even some proof that you're going to see one of those types of value. Still not a guarantee. You've, you've got to be running and testing and trying again. But yeah, that for, for me, that, that fourth type of value of, of digital products that you should be measuring is that, you know, what changed to the innovation within this organization as it caused. Yeah, yeah, definitely giving time to generating that kind of culture internally will mean you get better at doing that innovation, launching products, you know, making the right thing. 
uh, over time it's not instant at all no um but but it it will it will improve as you invest more to me it's a great catalyst for the things that people always talk about wanting to do everyone wants to do digital transformation Mm -hmm. everyone wants to do innovation we want to be more innovative product development is a great spearhead for those things yeah it forces the issue you know you don't just sit around going oh how can we be more innovative you think of a product you try building a product you try measuring its value and the byproduct of that Mm. is that everyone sees the possibilities and that's where it's going to come from it's not going to come from just telling someone be more innovative you need to give them something to do and coming up with and building a digital product is a is a perfect example of where to start Awesome. Well, that kind of sums up our four types of product value there. Uh, if you think you've got any others, you should let us know. Drop Absolutely. us a line. Hello at wearelighthouse.com. We'd, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to hear more about product leadership, uh, then head over to, to the Lighthouse site, wearelighthouse.com slash PLF. If you want to check some more podcasts and blogs, there's loads up there. Uh, to find out more about the the work we do, you can go to wearelighthouse.com slash our work. Follow us on Twitter. We're at wearelighthouse on there. Um, and if you've enjoyed the show, then we'd love a rating in iTunes to help spread the word. Uh, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and hope to catch you at a future show. Until next time. Mm-hmm.